What's up, everybody? Stephen Scullion here, um, podcast documenting my journey to try and qualify for Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Um, I guess recently it just went through Houston Marathon, <clears throat> where I ran two hours 14, 34. I prepared for Houston at altitude. I pretty much predicted that I would run two hours 14. I, I mean, I can kind of cheat because, like, I did London Marathon and I know where my fitness lies compared to that. So it's kind of a bit unfair that I can predict. It's not like I'm Conor McGregor, Mystic Mark. I'm going to knock people out in the first round. But in fairness, it, what it does show is that I have a pretty good understanding of the training that I do, pretty good understanding of where I'm at. I, I think I said a few times on the podcast that I would have ran between probably two, 212 and 214, which is quite a big range, but a lot of that was um, <clears throat> weather. Sorry, I'm just zipping up the Normatex. So, yeah, so some of that was weather. Some of it was if I got stuck in with a group on race day, if I felt super on race day compared to normal etc etc there's a lot of things goes on in a marathon that you can't really control and so that's why there was a range it just really meant that let's see how the day pans out so today it's not really about that's kind of for anybody new to the podcast anybody just picking it up um i i honestly think i I went the wrong way in that marathon i had a few issues with the cold and my drinks and and so like I, i think there's room already for a bit of improvement and then that kind of reminds me of London you know London was super hot and and so yeah hopefully there's room for improvement there's mistakes I made there's things I need to work on there's things I need to continue to work on and and so all in all if over the next three four months I could move myself slightly forward in a few other directions so strength side of things and my psychology my my mental side of things and um just where i'm at mentally that's a that's a really important thing some sort of security in in finance and life and and so all these things play a role so even though i won't be specifically training for another marathon i I believe there's a lot of things that i'll achieve and accomplish in the next four to five months that is going to put me in a, a position of power when it comes to preparing for that next marathon. And I think I think that's something that people don't really get their head around. Like there's, as they say, like there's more to one, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Is that a saying? I don't really care. Um, basically, what I mean by that is you don't always have to jump straight back into marathon training. Actually, last year I decided to focus on the 10k, and and I got criticised heavily for that by like people that I don't really worry too much or give a shit about what they think, like the Jerry Kiernan's of this world and the other guys, you know, like they kind of like slated what I was doing and, oh, I don't know why he's not focusing on the marathon. And, and actually we just had a bigger plan and the bigger plan was like a four year plan. And that I know in one year you can't go from 29 minutes for 10 K to 27.45. It, it, that might take, four years it might take six years you might never get there so the 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 purpose of dedicating more than six weeks a year to 10k training was super important and that's what some people do some people do a marathon train for a marathon january to april 
and then they do six weeks 10k training until June and then like I did and then they go straight back into the next marathon block for like a Berlin or a Frankfurt and and then they maybe do some cross country at the end of the year I I don't think dedicating a month and a half to two months is enough to move forward enough to the next time you start your marathon block basically in six weeks you can get you can turn marathon type fitness into 10k type fitness but you're not pushing that system forward sure you might run a pretty good 10k but i think it might take three months of that kind of work three months of 10k work three to four months of 10k work before you really see like where you're at with the 10k and then as a as a spin-off to that you jump back into marathon training and all of a sudden it just feels pretty good it feels pretty relaxed um you're you can run at speeds that you haven't really been able to run for for a while it's it's sort of you can say like it makes marathon pace feel easier and i think it does and it doesn't i don't think it matters how marathon pace feels as long as you can sustain it for 26 miles that's all that's important so there's something that goes on with your physiology when you improve that 10k stuff improve that 5k stuff the marathon, the marathon stuff moves forward. It's, it's really simple. If, if the quickest you can run a 10k is, let's say for me, say I could just about run 29.30. That's about 4.45 maybe per mile or 4.46. So if I'm trying to run a marathon at five minute mile in some day or just under five minute mile in, I'm going to really struggle if I can't get that 10k, 10k time down to like 4.30s. 4:30s is low 28 minutes, um, and it's not it's not been unheard of that people haven't been able to run a quick marathon having not ran a super fast 10k. But it's far far more rare that that be the case. It's far far more rare. Usually, if you if you look at guys like John Treacy and 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 the, the guys in Ireland that were super super successful at marathon, most of these guys could run under 28 minutes. A lot of the other guys could run close to 28 minutes. And so, and so I think that's really important. And, and like I said, I kind of got a bit bashed for that and a bit criticized. But trust me that in three to four years time, I, I can, I'll be the one bashing and I'll be the one able to criticize whoever I want when I go and run 210 or under 210. Because my ambitions were far higher than, than maybe I, I wasn't willing to like sort of neglect the overall four year picture which is to slowly move that 10K time down, slowly move that 5K time, 5K time down. And in, in doing so, it means that eventually I will be able to run a very fast marathon. But, or, but you can't run a really fast marathon until you can run 61 minutes for, for half marathon or 27.50 to 28.05 to 28.10 or whatever for a 10K. It's just, it's just not possible. So, so that's kind of... Um, that's kind of where I was going a little bit with that. The next sort of three to four months might be very 5K, 10K focused. There's not going to be um, a lot of, there's not going to be, I, I might do some marathon type stuff just to, just so I don't get too far away from it. So some of the long runs might stay pretty good. Um, I might also do a half marathon. I haven't quite decided. Maybe a, I'm definitely the track 10K that I talked about in Portland in June. But yeah, look, like I said, there's a lot of things that I'm going to work on. My psychology's already got pretty strong. I'm pretty relaxed in training. And today was quite a funny day, actually, because I went to do um, a six-mile run 
we just had a real fucked up morning. Like, not our fault at all, but remember I talked about routine. So this morning I took my girlfriend to school and I decided I'd go to the coffee shop for an hour and start this new PDF that I'm working on, which which is basically just trying to put some of these podcasts on the paper, basically, and um, preach a little bit of knowledge around the marathon and how to plan your next marathon um, after the planning stage, how do you actually go and execute it? And, and that's, I think you guys are going to absolutely love that. Um, so I went and did that for an hour. And then at about 9.45, we were driving to go for a run. And it's the rain has been so bad. Like when we got to the usual run, there was a massive big like flood on the road. And so I tried to like go around the big flood and did not think at all that I would be going off the tarmac and on the mud. Jesus, it was so bad. Like, we got stuck in this really bad mud. The car would not fucking move. The wheels are spinning. Front wheel drive car. Spin, spin, spin. And I'm just like, oh, my God. So I kind of thought, like, what do we do? Um, I guess I just thought about it logically. And I was like, all right, front wheels won't move. We can't go forwards or backwards. So I started. I got the rolled recovery mat out of my car and stuck it under the wheel. Didn't help got a load of twigs and branches off the like a tree nearby and stuck it under the wheels didn't help um and then we decided well i decided to um no actually rachel decided this get the the car mats um because they're like rubbery and so again we had one car mat under one wheel the roll recovery under another wheel still fucking not moving it would move half a meter backwards half a meter forwards and we were just by now we had dug ourselves a grave basically for the car and then and then i noticed like all these loose stones so i was picking up like loose stones and dig basically just cementing the holes with loose stones and now we started getting somewhere and it must have took me 45 minutes to dig and bury stones and norm or roll recovery mats and car mats and um, eventually i was able to sort of turn it a little bit and then get the front wheel the front left wheel to catch on the tarmac and it was an absolute nightmare what a disaster um but basically we didn't want to run after that you know we were freezing cold our feet my feet were soaking from puddles of mud rachel was soaked and stinking hands so we came home and we had like we showered and um had some breakfast and so i didn't end up running until like two o'clock or something but it was just it was just like a bit of a annoying morning and i guess i i thought it was better to just dry ourselves off heat ourselves up a little bit rather than struggle around to run freezing cold with soaking feet and so we did that but then when i went to run like this is where like you know guys i've spoke about emotions and i've spoke about controlling emotions and one of the things i want you to realize is you don't you don't fix it if you're quite an emotional person and you make emotional decisions you don't it's never fixed right so i basically go for this run and I'm feeling really good compared to I have been. And I mean really good. I felt brilliant today. And so I thought to myself, hey, like instead of doing the six miles that I've planned, I might do 10. And and that's the emotional side of things that I've worked really hard, not to fix, but I've basically just worked on um, improving that. So, of course, being where I'm at now with my psychology, I only do six miles. And, and I'm, I'm, this is one of those days where like I'm an animal. You know, and I swear to God, that is that is important. If I do 10 today, what do, what do I do tomorrow? Do I do 14 instead of 10 tomorrow? You know, like once you, once you deviate from the plan, which is a, probably a really good plan, once you deviate, it doesn't matter how fucking good your plan is. Now it's just became a waste of time. And you could be like, 
you could be the Einstein of planning, but if you're unwilling to stick to it because of your emotional decisions, like on runs or during runs or before a run, it it doesn't matter how good your plan is. And that's just where um, I'm not solid as a rock when it comes to emotionally or anything. You know, I still have breakdowns. I still like mess things up a little bit sometimes. But I have to say I am getting better at just sticking to that plan and understanding that it's just my emotions. Think how excited I am. This next build up might take me to a two a two twelve or two thirteen marathon. I am pumped. I'm super excited. I really just want to get stuck in. But it's frustrating that all I can do right now is just nurse my body back to full strength and back into some sort of full training. And and so I just need to be really patient with that and, and give my body the chance it needs because at the end of the day if I were to get hurt now, that would just ruin the next couple of months and the focus on strength stuff. But Okay, so one of the things I wanted to go into a bit of detail about was was less about training. Today, there was emotional things going on, and and I think the point I wanted to make, I've made it, was that I haven't fixed the emotional shit. I've just got better at dealing with it and making good decisions. Today, doing six instead of 10 miles, good decision, very good decision. Um, And and you you need to think, you need to learn from that. You need to think, like, some days you might fuck it up a bit, and then the next day you might get it right. Try to get it right more often than not. Good decisions will lead to good results. Fact. Um, oh, I love that word, fact. A lot of people are quoting that to me now, but <laughs> that is fact. Um, so, all right, here we go. What today was, I wanted to talk about, when I when I had just finished European Champs, I told you guys that I met up with a sports psychologist. Um, I thought I had my shit together. I thought my life was perfect and wonderful. And, and actually, I realized that I was selfish. I realized that I wasn't putting any priority on my family and my friends my work um lots of different things going on i i thought like i said i thought life was perfect and and then i rated my health a two out of ten because i had dentistry work to be done and and i needed to fix my feet that were wrecked and i rated my application to family like a two out of ten because i had a little brother and sister who even though the whole comeback kind of started to be a better example to those guys it I wasn't like they're living right now and I wasn't spending any time with them. I wasn't putting any effort in to be their big brother and um, same with mom, dad, just catching up with them. And, and, and there was other things going on. And so I really needed to improve that. But I want to I want to talk to you about how, how Gary kind of went about doing this. I I truly believe you can only run well when all your other shit in life is going pretty good or at least you're doing your best to make all the other stuff in life go pretty good because it's, it can it can never be perfect and it might not always be in your control whether or not it's perfect and and you guys have a lot more gone on than I do in life because I'm I'm I am pretty fortunate that I'm up a mountain not many stresses not much to do lists let's call it um but it, but it's the same principles right so I had to fix my feet I had to sort out my family life I had to work on my work life balance. I had to work on my body physically because in the gym I was weak as water and we already knew that going into this Houston marathon build up. I just didn't realize that by training my most consistent build up ever, my hardest build up ever would actually break the body down. It's kind of simple, but we didn't see it. I didn't see it coming. Um, but when I went back in to see the gym coach, for example, and, and I said, would it be a surprise to you based on the testing you did on me four months ago? Would you be surprised to hear that it was my hamstrings that sort of fucked things up? And he's like, absolutely not, because your hamstrings were a joke. And and that's fine. So 
Gary, the sports psychologist, sits me down and he says he has like five pillars and it's um I I'm gonna forget these pillars. I wonder can I get the email up? That would be brilliant if I could. But it it is um it is kinda I think one was physical, one was mental. Let me see, Gary Longwell. Hopefully I have this email because that would be sick and then it would be far easier for me to Actually, it's in my notes, so let me just get that up. That'll be that'll be easier to find. And although I might, I still not might not be able to get the pillars, but I'll be able to get. Uh, actually, I do have the pillars. Here we go. Five pillars. Gary sits me down and he says, "I believe there's five pillars to success: physical one, technical two, tactical three, mental four, lifestyle five. Now." Within each of these pillars, and I'm going to repeat those, physical, technical, tactical, mental, lifestyle. Within each of these pillars, I had to decide, me personally, and so would you, what you what they meant to you. So in physical, I put body strength, body weight, body image, health. Body strength is pretty simple. If you went to the gym, would you be strong? Body weight, in terms of actual weight... And and we talked about like I weigh at the at the time I probably weighed 154 pounds, and I talked about the fact that Kenyans weigh 130. So I'm sorry, 130, probably 120. Not ideal, but you have to work with what you've got. Body image was in terms of what how physically fit did I think I was, and um, maybe like how how did I visualize myself? Like when when I seen a picture of myself, did I think? amazing marathon runner absolutely ripped looking great or did i think oh my goodness you have work to do on your body um and then like i told you health was everything from dentist to my feet um everything everything that you could think about health nails you know how do you look after yourself do you do you wash regularly do you um do you clean up around you do you clean up your house do you so health to me is everything um and my asthma fell underneath health and um Technical, I put arm positioning because I carry my arms a little bit high sometimes. I put running economy in here and I put hill running. And the reason I put hill running is because I know that I suck uphill like I did at Dublin Marathon. So that's kind of technical. But again, this, this has to be relevant to you. And, and some sports, this is far easier than others, right? Because if you're a decathlete, well, then technically that's technical side of things is going to be far more important. Same with jumping, same with sprinting. With marathon running, it was slightly harder, but arm positioning, running economy, hill running. Um, anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to keep going on about all of these. I just want to, I'll reread physical, technical, tactical, mental lifestyle, right? So, then I, within all of this, I, I created strategies. So lifestyle was sleep, nutrition, relationships, balance with work, family. And I had to rate them all out of 10. And I'm kind of looking at them now and like sleep is a 9 out of 10. Nutrition is a, it says 3 some days, 7 out of 10 other days. And then it says like I need to work on better choices, cooking, blah, blah, blah. Um, balance with work. It, it was a two. It's now a five. Um, relationships was a two because I had basically pushed Rachel away and, and I thought I needed to be 
Mr. Independent and didn't need to have other stresses in life. And, and now it's an idiot because our relationship has just got stronger and stronger. And, and we're both growing to trust each other and how to support each other and et cetera, et cetera. And so I think that's really important. Family is now a five. And again, it was like a one. And I needed to remind myself to FaceTime, catch up with family more. Progress could be made here. Make time for family. Went home early have an early Christmas dinner. That was before Christmas. So I haven't updated these in a while. Um, but look, you get the point, right? So I think you guys could all do this yourselves. And the reason I'm telling you to do this is because I just told you, if if everything in life is slightly better, and until you write these things down, right? Until you write it down, and I'm going to put it in the um, little description box. And, and if you want to message me personally, just message me and, and I'll send you these pillars over and I'll even share with you what I, what I put important underneath each thing. But I have to say it is important that you put your own things down. So like mental, the mental thing for me was control of career and how I cope with feelings, forward slash emotions. Control of your career is the things I've been telling you about. You need to decide what races to do, what what your priority is. You need to decide what event you prefer to do, whether it's 1500, 5K, 10K, whatever. Um, and, and I think that's really important. Control of your own career because it is your career. It's nobody else's. It's just yours. Yes, people support you, whether it's financially driving you about, but that doesn't mean they own you. It's you. It's, it's your career. So, um, cope with feelings is, is a pretty obvious one, but so that's, that's a little bit of info about that. Why do I think that's going to help? Because like I said, if you have your shit together in life and you have the other aspects of your life are in a good place, you're a lot less stressed when you're driving to a race. You're a lot less stressed when the race is over. I guarantee you a lot of people in the next month, a lot of people are going to find themselves in this scenario, super stressed in life, super stressed in their relationships, super stressed at work. They're going to travel to a race in a terrible, terrible emotional state to race, they're going to basically decide that the day can either be really good or really shit. If the race goes really well, you're not going to give a shit about how everything else in life goes. If the race goes really bad, you're going to have an emotional breakdown. But what you don't realize is you give yourself pretty much a 10% chance of the race going well because your emotions are all up the left. So that was the idea. You guys are probably going to struggle with this way more than I am because I bet you have a lot of other things going on in life that I don't. For me, it was really simple, like working on nutrition, working on being a bit better with my family. Um, my work-life balance needed to be better. How I execute on race day needed to be better. Stop listening to my emotions. How I execute training. That was this morning. I can now give myself a 10 out of 10 today because I did the six miles, which was planned instead of 10. Um Things like that. You're not a hero if you do 10, you're an idiot because you plan six. If you can, if you stick to the plan, progress the plan next week if you can do more, right? So that's, that's where Gary, that's where we started off. And, and then he sent me away with a to-do list. I've already just told you some of the to-do lists like FaceTime parents more and catch up with the family when I'm at home, go to the dentist. You know, like it's a really simple process, but it's amazing when you start chipping away at this list, how things can go from a three to a seven. My health was like a three out of 10 because I had two. I literally had between, I think, February until 
maybe September. So for London Marathon, for European Championships, I had two teeth missing in my mouth. Two. Not just missing, they were cracked and like my tongue would cut sometimes on the teeth because I had like dentist work done when I was a kid and like the fillings weren't like... The, the dentist did tell me that they weren't going to be super strong because he hadn't been able to leave much tooth. So essentially they broke. And it's probably because I eat too much candy. But they broke and I'm, and I'm, so any wonder my health was a three out of ten. My dentistry stuff, my feet were in terrible order. Now I use tea tree oil twice a day on my feet and, and I steep them in hot baths with Epsom salts and blah, blah, blah. But look, I don't know. I don't think running is, Running is super tough, but I promise you, when you take care of shit like this and you are you prepare better for races like I do, so I now I took care of the all the shit that was going on in life. I tried to sort it out. I tried to work at it day by day, little thing by little thing. It can't be improved in a day, but you can certainly start improving it. I worked on preparing for races better, and and my psychology just freed up. My brain had far less things to stress about, and. When it's it's amazing when you start uncomplicating it and uncomplicating life, it actually isn't that bad running. It's actually really simple. Um, and so that's where I want you guys to get. You know, I know there's going to be things you have to work on. I know there's going to be some of these areas you might be absolutely kneeling. Maybe your mental side of things is great. Maybe your lifestyle is great. Maybe it's not. And uh, maybe your physical side of things is great because you've already been doing drills, gym, rehab, prehab. But maybe there's other things that you can work on. And and this was all this all evolved around being a better runner. And and everything that I put on this list was to be a better runner. And the idea was if I think the first time that me and Gary did this, let's let's pretend it was out of a hundred. It wasn't. But let's pretend there was a score out of 100, and if family was a 2 out of 10, that's not really helpful. So I might have been a 20 out of 100. But the idea was that if by Tokyo 2020, if by working on these things on a daily or a weekly basis and having little goals with all this stuff, like I would call Gary up and he would say, hey, look, for the next week, I really want the focus to be on your arms. I don't want you carrying your arms high. Why? Because if I drop those arms... It's really got not that much do, to do with dropping the arms. But by dropping the arms, I focus on relaxing. I know I'm doing it for a good reason. And, and it, just, it just helps me ignore everything else that's going on. Because all of a sudden, all I'm thinking about is, right, keep the arms low, nice and relaxed, good lad. And isn't that marathon running nice and relaxed, low, blah, blah, blah. Um, so there you go. If by Tokyo 2020, instead of being a 20 out of 100, I'm up to 70, well... That means I there's far less chance of something else in life stressing me out the week before Tokyo than than so running might be my only focus that week. I might not be worried that I haven't spoken to my family in a while. I might not get a tooth infection. Um, my physical strength might be might not be the thing that hinders me on the race day. And and you get the point. Um, but a lot of people have asked about my relationship with Gary and how he helps, and and it's not. It wasn't the sports psychology I thought it would be. It wasn't like he did. He did bring in the idea, the mantras, having the three mantras. And that was really cool. He brought in because one of the things we touched on was my emotional decision making. So we brought in setting a race plan for 24 hours before and, and then talking about how I was going to execute that race plan, why the race plan was important, what was the purpose of the race, etc., etc. And so we have worked on other things, but this was the starting point. 
And I think everyone should be writing this down. I think everyone should be listing the things that are important to them, the things that they might feel are holding them back in life or in sport and start working at it. Start working to improve it. All right, guys, this is a longer podcast. So um, I'm actually missing a really good movie. It is absolutely mental, but it's called Cell Block. Maybe it's called Brawl in Cell Block 99. It's not, it's pretty gory at the end, if I remember right, but it's bloody good. Um, but yeah, look, have a good day, guys. My training week is something like follows, I think, six mile, six mile Monday, six mile Wednesday, six mile Friday, and 10 mile Tuesday, which is tomorrow. Thursday, I think I'm going to do some light reps just to see how everything's going. Um, Saturday, I'll be back to normal, my eight mile run. Sunday will probably be about 14, 12 to 14. Gym, I have to do gym Wednesday and Saturday. And then my physio told me I have to do the physio program four times. That's absolutely nuts. So it looks like I'll be doing my physio rehab program four times this week. But there you go, guys. Have a have a cracking day. Hope your running's going well. Um, I really hope you are getting gaining something from this and, and, and seeing that running isn't all just running, running, running. Um, and yeah, look, have a good day. Bye, 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 bye.